Welcome to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, welcome back to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, and today I am joined by a guest I'm very excited about. Her name is Teresa Lear-Levine. She's an EFT master practitioner and energy coach, and she's also, like me, mom to four boys and no stranger to overwhelm, stress, and anxiety, and all the challenges that we deal with as women in this world. And I'm going to let her share, you know, more of of her journey, but she's actually going to a little later in the show, lead us through a tapping series around some stuff. So get excited. I'm excited to have you here, Teresa. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Alex. I appreciate being here. And um, it's, we we do have a lot in common with those four boys. And I know we were chatting before the the show about all the, all the ways that they can, you know, make our plans so much more lively than they sometimes would be otherwise. But um, yeah, so I've, I, like you said, I'm a tapping practitioner and an energy coach, and I am going to help bring to light what that is for people because I know a lot of people have no clue what it is. And we're going to talk about how it also can help us with, you know, health, eating, weight loss, all those things that that I know we all strive to do and sometimes self-sabotage and other things get in the way. And that's where I feel like this is a modality that can really help people to peel back some layers there and find some new ways to feel successful with it. Awesome. I know I'm excited about this and our listeners are probably getting excited about this just hearing, but, um, you know, before we get started, let's, let's dive in. Like what is EFT? What does that mean? Yeah. How you got into doing it? Um, Sure. So, I mean, at this point, I find myself working a lot with, um, you know, high performing and high achieving entrepreneurial moms and, Oftentimes we're working on things like, you know, limiting beliefs, fears, self-sabotage, guilt, or like negative emotions or feelings that prevent them from enjoying that present moment, you know, from really feeling good about where they are. And also, you know, being that they're both entrepreneurs and moms, a lot of times we feel like there's no way to balance those two things. And a lot of times it's our health that ends up taking that toll, our mental health, our emotional health. Um, I know you talk a lot about, um, and you refer to selfless syndrome, which I think is, is a genius way to refer to that level of, you know, burnout that we get to as, as moms and business women, when we're just giving way too much to others. And that of course is going to have an effect on the entirety of us all too. So that is where my practice of EFT also known as the emotional freedom technique comes in and it really provides um, really good coping mechanisms and solutions that make a genuine difference. So if I back up a little bit, we have four bodies. We have a physical body, an emotional body, a spiritual body, and a mental body. And all of those four bodies come together to create what we know as the aura. And energy um, is manifested through... So the the emotional, the physical, and the mental body 
all our, our energetic bodies that manifest through our physical body. So when we have a blockage or something comes up that is negative in our lives, then that's going to show up in our body in some form. And I'm sure as a chiropractor, you've seen this happen in people plenty of times before. Have you not? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. we're actually talking about quantum physics, which I've talked about on the show quite a bit too, because I've done some studying there. So I love there it. We go. Keep going. I love it. <laughs> so, you know, with, with that in mind, you know, and I just, I do, I back it up because sometimes we forget that our body runs on energy, you know, essentially, and that literally everything is energy. So, um, you know, and it's, it's electromagnetic in nature and, we can see this realistically for people that are having like trouble, like picturing, you know, this energetic body that we have, you know, EEGs, EKGs, things like that actually measure like this very energy and gives you like a real life example. Now, if you think about like a house and the way that energy runs through it, and you have all of these different connections and circuits and things, and sometimes, you know, things get shut off in one place or they don't work in one place. The system that runs through our body is kind of similar and it's called the meridians. And so it kind of, if you're looking for a visual there and you think almost like the circulatory system or the nervous system, um, only, you know, it's under, it's under deep in the body and there's these different areas where, where they meet and where, where you can see the, those other systems, we can't see these because they're vibrating faster than the body is able to see because, our eyes are vibrating at the same frequency as our physical body. So we can't see the energy necessarily as it runs through our body, but there, they create this map in our body that, um, you know, with chiropractic work or with acupressure, or acupuncture, or even like really good therapeutic massage, they're going to be using those different meridians, meridian endpoints to release pain through through those areas. Um, but people might not be aware that you can also release emotional blockages through that as well. And that's where the practice of EFT comes in. So EFT is the combination of those, you know, ancient Chinese practices of meridian therapy and such and modern psychology, bringing that together to actually release the energetic blockages that really, I mean, there's, I haven't found a whole lot of things that you can't treat with EFT because you can use it to treat past. So past traumas, things that happened earlier in your life, old injuries. Um, you can use it to treat things that are happening right now. You know, you're stressed because you know, whatever's happening in your life right now, right now you can treat something, or maybe you're worried or anxious about something that has yet to happen and you can use it for that too. So I, I have yet to find something that you can't apply it to with really good results. And, um, you know, hopefully that scientific background kind of dispels any ideas. I know sometimes people think, you know, cause we're tapping, we're literally tapping on areas of our body and talking. And it's a little bit strange at first, if you've never done it before and people can think it's a little woo woo and out there, but it's like a hundred percent based in science. Now it's fun to have, you know, to go off in the woo woo world with it too, and <laughs> get some interesting results there too. But, you know, it is a factual and scientific practice that has a lot of, you know, studies and a lot of really cool results that I've seen over the years doing it. Um, so now you have a better understanding of like the energy and the, the selfless syndrome and the way that all this overworking and the overwhelm and the burnout and living in survival mode, like we just tend to do on autopilot these days. So many of us, um, can affect and have a really detrimental effect on our career, our relationships, our bodies, our mental health, all that stuff. So, you know, it's time to 
find a way to get more conscious. It's time to find a way to reclaim that power that's already within us that we've just, you know, kind of handed over and get clear on our boundaries and our, on our self-care with that. So my, um, my entrepreneurial journey, um, began decades ago and it started with, with health and fitness. And it's always had some element of that. And I've always been extremely interested in what we put into our bodies, how we supplement ourselves. Um, and the results that we get when we tweak things, you know, whether that means that we're dialing things in, in a healthier direction, or maybe we're loosening up a little bit and allowing some things in that, we didn't before, you know, all those changes can lead to who knows all different results. And, um, I, I love the mind body connection. You know, I think that that's a really strong thing when it comes to food too, and food consumption. And it's where a lot of our self-sabotage creeps in too. Um, but it's also something that we really do have a, a power within us to overcome. And so when we're looking at self-sabotage and food, I think it's important to realize like self-sabotage is when we're, we're saying we're thinking one thing and yet we're doing a totally different thing. It's also known as psychological reversal. And it's one of the things that EFT is amazing at um, resolving. I know when I work with people on specific food issues, because, you know, in, in life and business, a lot of times, sometimes the thing people need to overcome the most is what they're eating or something else that's bothering them. It's not necessarily exactly a business thing or a family thing or whatever. Sometimes it's just something within themselves. And when I work with people on like cravings, for instance, it's so easy to knock out cravings with EFT. It's, it's crazy. Like I remember the first time that I tried it, um, I had developed a recent liking for um, marshmallow fluff and peanut butter by the many spoonful. Uh, and it was delicious, but it was totally not in alignment with where I was like health and fitness wise. And the rest of the day, like I'd be good, but then I would get this craving and it would come in. And all of a sudden I was like, you know, the two bottles right next to each other and the spoon just dipping in one, dipping in the other and just mouthful after mouthful of it. And I was like, well, let's see if we can tackle this. I tell you what, I tapped one round, one 10 minute round on that. And I have, I, I've tried it. Like when I, when it's been out, I've been like, maybe do I like this still? And it's like, it's good, but like, it's like, I don't care anymore. It's like the emotional charge, that feeling is gone and done. And that was a real selling point for me because I was like, wow, that was way easier than I thought it should be and way quicker. And it's always fun to get to work with people on those things that are really tangible like that, because when yeah. you can see and feel a result like that quickly, then you really feel that empowerment and everything else. You know, we're going to tap a little more generally here today, peel back some layers, but just realize like, if this is a technique that you jive with, there are very, it favors specificity. Like it wants to know that you want that, you know, the chunky organic peanut butter and the horrible, nothing good in it, marshmallow fluff. And you want the, like, you, you want to know exactly what you want and how you want it and how it tastes and how it feels and how you feel and all the nitty gritty. And then it's really easy to dissolve it. So, um, I found that to be really key with things like that. Um, but so with, with food, um, emotional hunger is something that we all kind of realize is a little different than you know, regular hunger and it, it's going to come on quickly. It's going to, uh, require you to really want that specific thing that, you know, something else might not satisfy. You know, if you ask yourself, Oh, well, would I eat an apple right now? The answer is probably no, because you're not 
actually physically hungry and it doesn't leave you like satisfied after you're done. So usually, you know, that emotional hunger because you typically feel guilty or not good about yourself after you follow through with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, it's just kind of like a momentary satisfaction and, uh, you know, you might, it might be the kind of thing where you decide to like give up what you're doing for the day or the week, you know, start again, Monday, the old adage, that kind of thing. And whereas, you know, with, with either kind of eating, whether it's, you know, eating for satiety or eating for emotional reasons, there's that cue that comes in first, and then there's your action. And then there's the reward and that's all programming within yourself. So breaking that programming is a big part of ending, or at least being able to recognize and act on self-sabotage when it happens. I don't really want people to think that there's like one thing that we're going to do here today. And then all of a sudden you're not ever going to self-sabotage yourself anymore. You know, we all have sabotaging ways within us. And I think a lot of them stem from misguided self-love or um, a, a desire to protect ourselves or keep ourselves safe. We don't necessarily favor change. You know, it's it's hard even when the change is for the better, like you're trying to lose weight or get healthier or overcome a diagnosis or whatever it might be it doesn't mean that it's easy. So like with anything else, having a big reason why it's important to you that is larger than the number on the scale or the blood test result that you're going to get or something really helps because oftentimes those reasons are just not big enough for us in the moment when those emotions hit us really hard because they're painful and they're difficult and we want an immediate solution. So, um, you know, some things that you can try obviously are tapping, which we would go into soon and and give a try to, but also just connecting. Like when you find yourself in that situation where you're reaching for excess food or a specific food, or you know that it's emotional because your stress is up or you're just eating because you're bored or, um, you know, you're eating in excess, then try to find a moment for yourself where you can, give yourself some space where you can take a breath. If there's someone around, maybe connect with or call, um, make yourself a cup of tea, you know, have some lemon water, just take a minute and decide if you really want it and think about what's happening at that time. Like you really need to be able to dig deeper because yes, like anything, there's more to it than just you want chocolate or you want potato chips or you want whatever it is that you want. There's always more to it than that. And that's the thing that most people would rather just avoid and, you know, eat and then tell your brain, Hey, let's forget about that happening. And, you know, maybe we'll do it again tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. But, um, and our brain's pretty good at listening to that. Okay. Yeah, we can, we'll forget about that thing that happened, but, um, you know, it's, it's that misguided self-love. And, um, even though your subconscious might think it's the most loving thing that you could do at that point. And it's a matter of, you know, being more compassionate for ourselves and setting ourselves free from that. And, you know, without proper mindset and without any kind of, you know, work on reconditioning and reprogramming yourself, it's really hard to break those habits. So, um, you know, if you can find time to kind of just take that breath, have some tea, some water, whatever, and think about what's happening at that time. Where are you? What just, you know, what just happened right before you had that craving and how did it make you feel? And who were you with? If anyone, 
and maybe even journal around that. That can be really, really helpful, especially if you learn more about how to do tapping on your own for you to have material to dig into and to work on clearing those specific things and seeing also if you, you know, journal those things when they happen, then you can start to see if there's any patterns or anything else. And I always like to ask myself, um, EFT is a really great tool for increasing your intuition. So if you're somebody that lacks um, trust in yourself or isn't fast to listen to that inner voice inside of yourself, you could really work on boosting that up with EFT and ask yourself, you know, why might I be feeling this way? And allow yourself to just write down whatever might come up, even if it's weird or something from a long, long time ago, or doesn't even seem connected to you. Just allow your your inner self to just kind of answer that and put it on paper. And after you've journaled, after you've taken a little break, you know, if you're still going to go for the food, you're still going to go for the food, but at least you have more clarity and more consciousness around the decision that you're getting to make. And you're not just making it mindlessly. So the likelihood is you'll probably do better with it. But I, I always like tapping as a practice around that when I can get mindful and I can also tap around it and I just tap about, you know, Hey, do I really want this right now? What's behind this? And is this really going to give me what I want? Because typically when we self-sabotage, we already have one problem. There's already that one emotional thing that's underlying whatever it is that we're getting ready to do. And then when we follow through with that behavior, um, and we eat that thing that we know isn't in alignment, we now have two problems. So it doesn't actually like help us at all other than in that one very small moment when it perhaps tastes absolutely delicious. So is that, is that making sense? Oh, it's totally making sense. I like everything you're saying is just so profound. I'm like, yeah, we'll just keep going. But, you know, I think I, I talk a lot about, and you're in a similar place, like not using willpower to make changes because we inevitably fail. And so what we're really getting at here is, you know, a tool that you can take and implement and just approaching yourself with that kind of open curiosity is what I call it of like, what's driving this right now? I'm like, okay, you know what? And I, I talk a lot about a, you know, connecting to a bigger why you need a why outside of yourself. And that's like where we start (laughs) anyone who works with me, because it's, you have to have that in order to succeed. And then, um, you know, it, another way to look at it is like the pain of, of not succeeding. I hear this in business too. Like we have to attach to some level of pain sometimes yeah. to drive us. And so if you have to get really present to like, you know, if I want to lose a hundred pounds, pounds, but I keep eating the candy from the kids in my class, cause I don't want to say no to them. Like the, these are examples of women I've dealt with, right? Like that has to be greater than your, you know, desire to stay stuck, I guess. Is, is, yeah. Yeah. Willpower is a tough one because yeah, yeah. one won't stick. Um, no, if, won't. if you're relying on that, I would say only rely on it in like the first third of your day, <laughs> because once the middle of the day and the end of the day, especially wears down. I mean, if you look at all of the studies out there about people that make bad decisions, whether it's, you know, driving intoxicated or, um, you know, cheating on their spouse or whatever else, when do those things happen? They happen at the end of the day normally, like typically when our willpower is down and we are more likely to let other things happen. So we, we, if we're going to, if people are more likely to do those kind of things later in the day, they're definitely more will likely to eat some kind of food that's, you know, not perfect at the end of the day too. So yeah, yeah willpower is definitely not um, one that you want to lean on too much without something else to, to catch you, like some compassion and some self-love. <laughs> something like that. That's really going to give you a soft place to fall. Yes, absolutely. 
So cool. So I, I like just in listening, you explained everything really, really well in, in just, you know, where we want to come from and, and all this. So let's talk about like, what is tapping? How do we use it? Like how, you know, where do we tap? What do we tap? How long sure. do we tap for? What are we I'll walk, you, I'll walk you through the points and then um, we'll do a round. And when we do yeah. a round, as I call it, um, it's really just follow the leader. So uh, typically if I'm doing this like podcast style, I will just say it and I will give a little bit of space for whoever's listening to say it back. Because um, just like I was saying with uh, EFT, liking things being specific, it also likes it when we, we say it out loud and everything. Yeah. Um, so the tapping points that we typically use, we start on the side of our hand. It's called the karate chop point. And I normally just kind of take the fingers from my other hand and I just tap that kind of fleshy area on the side of my hand. Doesn't matter and if that switch. I'm sorry. Doesn't matter which hand. Like it does not matter which hand. It doesn't matter if you switch. If you want to switch, you can. If you like one more than the other, go for it. Doesn't matter. And the same goes with any of the other points. Some of the points we have, um, you know, we have the top of the head. Mm -hmm. So that one, I normally just kind of like use all my fingers. You, I mean, you can just use two or one or whatever, but for me, I'm like, I'm just going to get as many spots as I can up there. And I just kind of pepper my hand around, but you can keep it one spot, whatever. And then we go to the eyebrow point, which is pretty much where the hair on your eyebrow begins. Now we have two of those points. So if you feel like it, you can always do both hands. You can do one, you can do the other, doesn't matter. And then we have the side of the eye, same thing. We've got two of those. And we have under the eye, you're basically just following that orbital, that, that bone right around yeah. um, and tapping kind of on the edge of that bone. So we're not like going like in, in the eye where it's like soft there, just kind of like right there on the bone. And then we have below the nose. So right between like your nose and your upper lip. And then we have below the mouth. And if you have, I've kind of got a line there in my chin, most people kind of do. So that's kind of where it is right there on the chin. And then we have, they call it the collarbone point, but your collarbone is like up here. And the collarbone point is more like that sore spot on your chest. So that one there. And then we have under the arm, which for any woman is right pretty much where that bra strap wraps around your body. So right there. And some people prefer to reach across for that. That's fine too. You can even just kind of hug yourself and do both sides. Makes no difference. I like people to do what's comfortable for them and realize that this combination is going to work any which way. Kind of cool uh, history is that um, when this was first being developed, um, with Roger Callahan was one of the first people that kind of developed this whole thing. He would actually do these formulas where, you know, if you were afraid of flying or whatever, he'd give you this formula where, and this is, I'm making this up, but maybe like you tap a few times here and then you tap a few times here and then you're over here and you're down here on your leg and you're all, he would give you this exact formula that would, that would work for it. This is back in the eighties. People were paying like $10,000 for per formula for these things that were knocking out whatever it was that they were afraid of or being held back by. And for people to be, you know, trained in the technique was a hundred thousand dollars and, you know, a lot of money and a lot of people willing to pay for it because it worked so darn well. And then Gary Craig, who is known as the founder of EFT came along and he found a way to make this accessible to everybody. And um, really available and realized that it's really just kind of, as long as you hit these points, doesn't really matter the order or the way it's going to take care of it. You know, if you're using it appropriately with the right kind of, you know, modern psychology and talk as you do it, which is just fantastic. So it's come a long way, but those are the points and I will, uh, I'll take you guys through. So normally, and this is the other kind of fun thing about EFT is that you really get to like dump out your negative crap when you do it, because we can't get positive. We can't have a leg for our affirmations or our 
desired positive thoughts to stand on if we're trying to build them up in like a cluttered mess of negativity. So EFT lets us kind of address those things and move them out of the way. And then we can bring in normally towards the end of the round, some of those more positive ideas. And depending on what you're working on, you can bring in a lot of them at the end, or maybe you're just ready to bring in a little bit at the end. Uh, It's not always a one and done thing. So when people are really working through things, I mean, if you have a eating habit that it turns out is based I worked with somebody at one point who had this, this pizza craving all the time and realized through a lot of work that it had to do with um, her relationship with her father when she was young. Mm. And I mean, multiple sessions, you know, probably, you know, four to eight rounds of this, but really with thoughtful work into it. Mm. But I tell you what, she hasn't eaten that pizza since then. And, you know, we're able to get to the bottom of this, this connection and this need for attention and this feeling of love and everything else that came with the act of them spending time together and enjoying that together. And, you know, it was really amazing, but just not everything is going to be one and done is kind of my point there. Some things go way deeper. So you have to honor that. You have to sit with that. And just, it's kind of like peeling an onion or something, just layer at a time and You get to the middle after a little while, but when you think about how many things and how many patterns we have around eating or whatever else that we have been walking around with, and they have been manifested in our bodies and minds for decades or our entire life, how big of a deal is it really to spend a few hours worth of, you know, time tapping to be able to be free of it from that point forward? Like that to me is nothing. So no, I agree. And recognizing like some stuff is just that ingrained. You know, I have a client that Diet Coke has been her thing and she's been drinking it for 30 years. And it took us a year to get her off it. And, you know, I use something similar to to EFT called cognitive movement therapy, but you know, it's a similar idea, but this is more something that's like I think accessible for everybody. So I'm curious and excited about yeah. it. Yeah. Cool. So I kind of thought if um for today, we need just to think about something maybe the last time you self-sabotaged or something where you typically self-sabotage so that each person that's experiencing this can kind of think of their own individual experience and then keep that top of mind while we're tapping. Because obviously as empathic as I am, I am not psychic. I can't read everybody's mind and everybody that's listening is going to have a different story and a different problem. So I'm going to try to deliver something that can help everybody to at least remove remove a little bit of what's going on there and get under the surface. So we like to think about the units of distress that things cause us. You know, we go to the doctor's office and they rate your pain on a scale or whatever. We kind of do the same thing here. And you just think about how much, when you think about that thing, how much distress do you experience? And it might not be a whole lot. That's okay. Or it might be like, it really makes you anxious or worried or upset, or you feel a lot of shame or guilt or whatever. So rate that on that scale of one to 10, and then just, you know, write down your number. And I, I, I always say do that because people are so often really surprised by how much things change and then they doubt it. And they, that didn't really just happen. I guess I probably wasn't actually a seven because now I'm a zero. And so I probably definitely wasn't a seven before because that's not possible. So just write it down so that you have a gauge. It doesn't matter whether it, you know, moves one point or all the way down to zero or somewhere in between, but at least you can feel your own power in the situation instead of dismissing it because you didn't take note. And then we're just going to start on the side of the hand and it's up to you whether you want to repeat after me, or if you want to just leave that space blank, your preference. 
Uh, do I have a preference? I, I'll, yeah. I'll participate. I've got my thing. If anyone wants to know, it's chocolate covered raisins. <laughs> so, Ooh, those yeah. are good. They are my. I had, I had a chocolate covered raisin favorite. period in my life too. <laughs> yeah, mine's uh, and I've caved the last couple of days, and you know, don't feel good about it. So I'm at a nine. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So we're just gonna repeat after me here, and even though I sabotage myself and do things that don't line up with the outcome I desire. Even though I sabotage myself and do things that don't line up with the outcome of my desire. I love, accept, and forgive myself. I love, accept, and forgive myself. Sometimes that's hard to say. Yeah. You can honor that and you can feel that. Even though I sabotage myself and sometimes make regretful decisions that I feel guilty about. Even though I sabotage myself and sometimes make regretful decisions that I feel guilty about. I am open to accepting myself. I am open to accepting myself. Even though I am slowing down my own progress and standing in my own way. Even though I'm slowing down my own progress and standing in my own way. And I'm not totally sure how to stop. And I'm not totally sure how to stop. I honor that feeling and accept myself anyway. I honor that feeling and accept myself anyway. We're going to go to the top of the head. Okay. Why can't I keep my commitments? Why can't I keep my commitments? I say or think one thing and then I do another. I say or think one thing and then I do another. By the way, we moved to the eyebrow point for anybody who's not watching. And now we're going to move to the side of the eye. And it's such a shameful and guilty cycle. And it's such a shameful and guilty cycle. Why do I give up my power and do this over and over again? Why do I give up my power and do this over and over again? We're under the eye if you're not watching. Yes, we're under the eye. Now we're going to move to under the nose. All these things I'm preventing from moving forward. All these things I'm preventing from moving forward. Under the mouth. Why am I so afraid of change or my own progress? Why am I so afraid of change or my own progress? Now we're going to go to the collarbone. I'm open to the possibility that maybe I'm just doing my best to protect myself. I'm open to the possibility that maybe I'm just doing my best to protect myself. Under the arm, even though it feels like I'm shooting myself in the foot. Even though it feels like I'm shooting myself in the foot. Back to the top of the head. I think part of me believes that my act of self-sabotage is somehow loving. I think part of me believes that my act of self-sabotage is somehow loving. But it sure doesn't feel loving. But it sure doesn't feel loving. It feels confusing and frustrating and sad. It feels confusing, frustrating, and sad. Why do I always do this to myself? Why do I always do this to myself? Why does it feel so unsafe to be successful and follow through? Why does it feel so unsafe to feel successful and follow through? Under the mouth. I'm sure this must have deeper roots. I'm sure this must have deeper roots. Collarbone. And I'm allowing myself to become conscious, breathe, and release the need to understand it all. 
I'm allowing myself to become more conscious, breathe, and release the need to understand it all. Release the need to be so hard on myself. Release the need to be so hard on myself. That's under the arm. We're going to go back up to the top of the head one last time. I'm allowing this self-sabotage and all of its painful roots to be cleared from my beliefs. I'm allowing this self-sabotage and all its painful roots to be cleared from my beliefs. Eyebrow cleared from my programming and all the cells that make up my being. Cleared from my programming and all the cells that make up my being. I know it's probably true that at some point this act of self-sabotage protected me. I know it's probably true that at some point this act of self-sabotage probably protected me. Under the eye. And I thank my old self for that. And I thank my old self for that. Under the nose. But I can see clearly now that I'm ready to take responsibility for my emotional state and actions. But I'm ready to see clearly now that I I missed part of that. It's okay. <laughs> I'm ready to take responsibility. For my emotional state and actions. Yes. And for anybody else that's missing it or feels like they're not doing it right, air quotes here, um, say what you feel. That's the most important thing. Not what I'm saying, but what you feel. All right. Under the mouth, opening up to the possibility that this self-sabotage doesn't need to be my pattern anymore. Opening up to the possibility that this self-sabotage doesn't need to be my pattern anymore. Collarbone. This present moment is my time and I am ready for the next step. This present moment is my time and I am ready for the next step. Under the arm. I am whole, complete, and powerful. I am whole, complete, and powerful. I want you to just take a nice deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth and just reassess how you feel feel about the thing you were holding top of mind and where the distress might be now on that scale. Did you feel or notice any shift, Alex, or feel any kind of like aha moments that resonated with you? Yeah. Well, it was super interesting. Like first I would put my number at a three now. I I was at a nine. Okay, great. um, But I noticed, uh, you know, towards the end there, I could breathe deeply. Um, like much more deeply than I have been recently. And the other thing I was really present to is um, for me, I'm just going to be totally transparent on the show. I tend to do that. Uh, But my self-sabotage is actually tied to business stuff and some things I've been through in the last couple of years. And I've shared some of that, you know, just with my old business and kind of changing what I'm doing and identity and all that stuff. But it was really interesting. You know, I've, I've known that I'm holding myself back in some ways. And so like, yeah. Do you tie the eating of the chocolate raisins to a part of your identity? I think I must because that's like it, you know, pretty quickly, as soon as we went to top of the head, like that came into mind and all my self-sabotage was actually linked to, you know, things I've been doing in business or haven't been doing for that matter, or just my attitude. So very interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good conscious moment. And those are the ones where like, if we were working on your particular thing, we would start diving in there and we would go into the, um, actual specificity of those chocolate raisins too, because Mm -hmm. if we can clear out the, that craving for you 
at least in the meantime, then it's a little easier to dive in and get deeper in the other things that are behind it. If you're not worrying about or fighting that craving at the same time that you're trying to uncover where the other blockages are. So that's, that's really, that's, um, that's awesome that you were able to see and feel that much and that you had a whole four point decrease in the way that you were feeling from when you started and when you ended. Cause you know, that was just what, like, I don't know seven minutes or something. I don't know. Yeah. Usually yeah. it's somewhere around there. So it's, it's amazing the changes that you can make. And the fact of the matter is, you know, this is virtual. You're doing all that yourself. Like I'm not yeah. there doing anything to you or, you know, having to interact with you physically in order for you to get this change. So, um, I think it's so empowering that it's something that people can do for themselves, especially in this time when in so many places people are quarantined or not able to, you know, maybe get to a therapist or something like that. And, you know, this is essentially talk therapy that has has much deeper effects because of the way that we incorporate the body into it. So the results come a lot faster. Sometimes people who have been in some kind of a talk therapy for, for years are able to resolve the same thing in like one session that they've been talking to death and trying to figure out why they couldn't make progress with it. So that's, that's really good um, discoveries that you made in just one session. Yeah. Very cool. And for those listening, like there is this connection between, you know, we have to involve ourselves on multiple levels. So it's not just intellectual and it's not just our body. Like you have to combine the two and you get faster results that way, which I find very interesting and very cool. So, um, you know, for those who are listening, I, we, we do put this on YouTube. So if you feel like you could get through that easier watching what we were doing, like certainly, um, you know, I'll put the, the YouTube link in the show notes. Yeah. If you've never tapped before, I highly recommend watching somebody do it. Um, yeah. It does make the points a little bit clearer. And just the fact of how many times we're tapping on each point and things like that a little clearer. Yeah. If you've done it before though, it does become a very intuitive thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, no, it was cool. I really enjoyed that. So Teresa, yeah. where can people go to connect with you and, you know, learn more? Oh yeah. Um, thanks. The, the best way to get in touch with me is to go to www.teresasfreegift.com. And I spell my name with an H. So Teresa is spelled T H E R E S A S freegift.com. And there you're actually going to find um, a really awesome download where you can discover all the places that you're self-sabotaging yourself and all of the emotional tendencies that are hiding out. And not only that, but you're going to get some amazing video exercises and uh, journaling exercises that you can do really quick practices that'll help you make that shift from that, like overwhelmed to empowered and from self-sabotaging to really standing in your own power and finding the things that are uh, weighing you down right now. So, um, you know, there's, there's videos that are a lot like the kind of tapping that we did today on other subjects that'll help you kind of continue going down the path that we just started going down right now. And just make sure that if you're going to download it, that you actually do the work in it because man, if we could just, you know, learn and absorb the things through osmosis that we download, that would be fabulous. (laughs) But this is work that has to be done. But the good news is that it's work that's quick. I mean, like you just saw like seven minutes or whatever that was. And we worked through a whole issue and that's how quick it can be. So just, uh, commit yourself to five minutes a day or whatever, and, and see how far you get with it. And you can, you know, reach out to me through there. All my information is in that download. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is the first time we've had like a hands-on activity on the (laughs) podcast. So I'm excited. And, uh, you know, for those listening and watching, um, I hope it, it helped serve you guys and is of value, but thank you just for coming on, sharing your expertise. I'm excited to go learn more about EFT now. So (laughs) I'm going to do that. Thank you for having me on today, Dr. Alex. I appreciate it.
Thank you for tuning in to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and also leave us a review. Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me in the Emergent Women Community Group on Facebook for the chance to interact with me live once a week and even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become the vibrant, energetic, and on-fire version of yourself we all know is under there. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about. Mm -hmm.